A very happy new year to everyone who's listening and a very good evening to you. This is Gospel for You and our theme today is Built on Christ, What Are You Living For? Our theme scripture is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 11. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. We do have more scriptures for you coming up, and quite a few at that. But let's have a little look at what else we have in this program. We have your gospel in Dutch Catalan and Hebrew. And we're actually looking at for more people to record John chapter 3 verse 16 in their own native languages. And we would love it if uh, people listening would be willing to do that so that we can bring much more by way of the gospel in your own languages to you. This particular program goes out on European Gospel Radio on Monday evenings at 8pm CET on shortwave 7290 kHz and 918 kHz medium wave. It also goes out online and on all gospel radio as well. On a Friday evening, Gospel for You is broadcast on Gospel for Grampian Radio, which produces this radio program. We're based here in Aberdeen. And it goes out on Gospel for Grampian Friday, 7pm UK time, that's 8pm CET. We would encourage you to listen in, and we would encourage you also to visit our podcasts. We had Christian into the studio earlier on today. Uh, you heard a little bit from him last week, and uh, we've been speaking then about the path of life. This time, however, he gives his testimony. Kingdom Come is back, and uh, good to welcome back Fergus Birkin and Jessica Priest. Fergus tonight is speaking on the great comfort to the elderly, and later on we'll be drawing everything together in prayer. First of all is your gospel in Dutch. Want zo lief had God de wereld, dat hij zijn enig geboren zoon gegeven heeft, opdat ieder die in hem gelooft niet verloren gaat. Maar het eeuwige leven hebben. A very good day to you and welcome to another one of our life stories, otherwise known as testimonies. And we really want to celebrate what God has done in people's lives through his work. Each of us are actually made in God's image. That's what the Bible tells us. God gives to each one of us some amazing abilities which when we actually come to him, God is able to make the most of these abilities. Now, we have in the studio one such person who has kindly agreed to give his testimony, and that is Christian. Welcome, Christian. Hi, Rob. Um, it's lovely to be here again. I always enjoy my time here. Well, Christian comes in <coughs> regularly as a volunteer, uh, but he's much more that, than that. He's a, he's a great friend um, and... I hope that uh, listening to this, listeners, you'll get some a real sense of uh, Christian's heart right now and what God has done in his life and how he's brought Christian to a point of knowing him in a closer way. At, in short, listeners, I think that certainly for me, it's been like a journey and I'm sure it must have been like that for you, Christian. Yeah, it has, Rob. I know I'm not going to say absolutely because my mother <laughs> gets me into trouble every time I say that. But um, 
It has, uh, and the the difficulty is what you said at the start there, the in short bit, because as we were kind of discussing before we went on air, I could go a number of different places and say a lot of things. Um, So I'm going to try my best to kind of concentrate things for the listeners and for yourself. So for yourself, now I know that you work right now for the council, but has it always been like that? What were you looking at to become when you first start? You know, started off at, at getting a job in the first place. Well, that, that's a story in itself, Rob, and kind of feeds into what we're talking about because um, I came through the university route. Um, I applied at 19 years old to be a student at Aberdeen University, studying initially psychology, but then I switched after two years to sociology. Um, And that was at a time in my life when I was already drinking heavily and had been for some years. Um, I I drank heavily for a a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And and by the time I was at university, I had a full-blown problem with alcohol, and Mm -hmm. I knew it. I just wasn't taking steps to to do much about it. If you don't mind me asking, what... What were some maybe the triggers that caused you to perhaps go down this route? It's a difficult one in one sense because um, from a very young age, you know, I I kind of shock a lot of people when I say the very first time I was drunk, I was nine years old and I remember it vividly. And uh, I also remember chasing that experience thereafter because it, it it was a strange yet, wonderful feeling at the time but it was chemically induced and um, (laughs) the older I got by the time I was 13 I was a regular weekend drinker I grew up in a small village where there wasn't that much to do and you made your own entertainment Mm -hmm. and uh, from 13 to 17 it was regular and then by the time I was 17 I, I actually had a strong suspicion that I had a problem but I rationalised that way, thinking I was far too young than all the other alcoholics I saw out there. And that's what made me bury it again for another seven, eight years or so. Yeah, I well, I, I remember actually recently hearing about some parents who, ha, who were just having a nice, quiet summer drink in the garden and they'd put their drink down which happened to be a G&T. But their daughter had found it and consumed it, saying that was a lovely and really enjoyed it. But that's just how people then get hooked and and then things go from from there to wherever. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, there's uh, initially, it it wasn't about the taste, it was about the effect. And it's always been really about that. Um, some people, there's many alcoholics I've learned since that say they, they've never actually liked the taste of it. It was the effect that they were chasing. and mm-hmm. I kind of made that connection in my head at a very, very young age and, and that, that did become a problem. And uh, But I also had a lifestyle where I was, I was a hard-drinking, hard amateur football-playing kind of guy with the lads and everything was re- revolved around drink and alcohol. Um, and, you know, I had the brains, I just didn't have the get up mm-hmm. and go. And that's, I did get myself into uni, but it just got progressively and progressively worse until I somehow scraped a degree 
but then things finally collapsed and um, and when I say collapsed that's probably the most appropriate word because I remember being plucked out of bushes in a part of Aberdeen at a stupid time in the morning by a couple of police officers who thankfully didn't book me but took me home and uh, that was the that was crisis point where uh, I had to my family were all worried and concerned and they intervened and and that was the beginning of all kinds of help and intervention. Uh, still no mention of God yet, though. No, because that's what we... I was going to ask you, uh, through all that, what then... Was it through the help and intervention? Or was it through some other means that you finally got to hear about God? Because I know that your your father is a Christian. Yes. Was it through that or was it through some other means that you got to hear about God or, or finally encountered Christ well, Jesus? hearing about God. So uh, my father is still currently session clerk at Newmarker Parish Church um, just outside Aberdeen. Has been for years and years. Uh, he, he believed for longer than he was actively a Christian. I mean, he, he got drawn into the Christian life by some very amazing ministers that we've had in the past in Newmarker who who actively sought him out and saw stuff in him and and he was a, he's he's been a big influence on my uh, life and faith and uh, my own father but he would name other people that have been a big influence on him and that's partly how it goes in the Christian life as well um so they were mentors to him they they were mentors to him and i i remember from a very young age going to church, going to the Sunday school and having that exposure. But then the older you get, you hit, you hit pre-teen, teen, and you kind of fall away. Uh, and there wasn't any pressure or anything to go back to it. And I kind of drifted off, uh, as did my, my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a grounding, shall mm-hmm. I say, from a very young age. But then <coughs> after that, what then happened to actually bring you back to that, to a firm standing a strong relationship well once you get that grounding it, it features in your thinking and your world view to one extent or another and um i guess that i wrote down a turning point uh shall i say when uh, we were preparing to go on air and it was i remember i was working as a, a security guard and um uh, this is in my mid 20s but this is when I was at the height of my my drinking and problems and stuff and I I wasn't holding down jobs I was struggling um, but I had this job for a while where I worked night shifts so I was out of people's way I could even shamefully be drunk on the job and people wouldn't notice it was that bad you know but um, I remember sitting in an office with all this CCTV equipment in a in a Uh, an industrial estate in Aberdeen and uh, someone had a calendar on their desk that worked during the day and it was all these pithy sayings for every single day of the year Uh, and you flipped it over and read them and it was famous quotes by famous people and but uh, the, the one that was on this particular evening was actually a bible verse and it was Mark chapter 8 verse 36 and uh, I'll read it, and it, and it, I believe it's from the ESV version because um, I'll just read it as I read it on that night when I was alone. And it said, "For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his own soul?" And and that was the first time I've really been 
pierced by God's word. And that's before I was even a believer in terms of confessing it as such. But mm-hmm. it was evidence of God being at work in my life at that point. And, and it got me thinking about what am I living for? What, what's going on? What are my values? What are my convictions? What do I believe in? Why are things such a mess? And and that kind of was the opening, really. If I, one of the one of the main turning points, uh, in terms of God being becoming an influence, a greater influence in my life. But then the crisis point, um, sometime after that, where, yeah, I was plucked up by two cops, taken home, and in an absolute mess, and I, I suffered horrendous uh, delirious delirium tremens and a, um, coming off of alcohol was was absolutely horrible mm. so it's cold turkey at its worst it was it wasn't cold turkey strictly speaking because i was getting medical help i'd been referred uh-huh. to the doctor um i was i was on medication um and my mother bless her um who is uh, a recovering alcoholic as well and i say that in terms of for years and years and years. I mean, she's she's not drunk for years and years, but as a young child, I remember being influenced from that aspect as well, where I saw it nearly kill her. I, I, I had to... I had to... Um, had to... Uh, I, I found bottles of alcohol and poured them down the sink as a child and vowed never to drink. And lo and behold, I ended up in the same place as well and that would have been hard but i can imagine only imagine that would have been a a very strong influence and and yeah but now since then what actually happened since then when you started thinking in that office that you'd read from mark chapter eight yeah. and how then did things after that proceed after you've been picked up by the police and, and so so I, the timelines are a bit fuzzy because obviously I was clouded with alcohol much of the time. Um, but I can remember also another dramatic time where uh, I was physically on my hands and knees at, at, at home alone and crying out to God because I was full-blown in my addiction and I, could, and I realised I couldn't stop. I'd made a number of attempts to stop in my own strength, couldn't do it. And I was on my hands and knees crying out to God in between taking swills of vodka. That's how insane it was, you know. And that, between that happening uh, and uh, it wasn't, it, it was another two years until I confessionally became a Christian. So you can imagine what those two years must have been like, mm-hmm. where to be so dramatically calling upon God not knowing anything really about confessing and believing and the, the formalities of it, to realising that that must have been a turning point too. So there's these trigger points and turning points. Mm-hmm. Scripture piercing my own soul, crying out to God in desperation, him intervening and already being at work in some way in my heart and in my, in my life, to a, a very toilsome struggle of a two-year period. And that then I arrived at the point where I looked back and thought, I've gone two years without a drink now. That's a miracle, and I and and it wasn't in my own strength, and I knew that full well, and I was, I was in a place where I could credit that to God. However, however troublesome and toilsome that period was, it was still a miracle that I hadn't had a drink for two years, 
don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, alcoholics. I mean, I got a lot of help as well from Alcoholics Anonymous. That was a big help to my to my mother and and to me. And I and I went there initially reluctantly. I I was kind of not kind of kicking and screaming against that, but it was good for me, and I knew that I had to keep going. And and that two year period was one of the toughest periods in my whole life, where even at points I questioned, well, if this is what sobriety in life is like normally in inverted commas I don't want this because it's too hard it's too difficult it's it's not how I imagined and yet somehow I was able to persist and carry on and faithfully so you know because the the the, the remnant of faith that I had the seed of faith I had was in terms of Alcoholics Anonymous was to keep going back I was I was educated about a spiritual program of recovery which is what it is um, but from that spiritual program, I, I came to realize that it itself, although was extremely helpful, still lacked in terms of giving the glory to God for what he has actually done and doing in my life. And and I made, again, a, a kind of spiritual leap or whatever from that point on where I had this help, acknowledged what it was, but realized there was even more to it. And that's what led me to learn to, to go back to my to my Bible when I when I tell you that I was picked up by the cops initially, I remember after several days when I could physically just pull myself up in bed, I read the Bible from cover to cover, and there was a, there was a clue there as well. That had a big impact on me, and that's bits of portions of that stuck with me, and I've carried that through, and I've realised that the more time I've spent in God's Word, the better it's gone for me, and. I've just made that connection and made that link slowly but surely as time's gone by. But it is a journey, as I think it is for all of us, a journey through, and it, it's not easy, and you have days when you're up and days when... Everybody does, Rob. You know, yeah. you and I, we're friends, we know that. We we share yeah. we share things, we pray about things, but I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful yeah. that I have that in my life now, that I know people who solidly and firmly have Christ in their heart. Because mm-hmm. to not have that would be hell. But to have that is a blessing in a dark and dying world that, that we often lament over and, and question and, 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 and admittedly get anxious about from time to time still. I know? think many people get anxious and there's a lot to fear. But yet, when you read God's word, there's a lot of comfort that comes from that. Now, can I ask you about your job at present? How do you, having confessed Christ Jesus as Lord and Saviour, how are you able to use that faith in your present job? Because it's, let's face it, it's not an easy job. It requires day shifts, night shifts and unequal hours sometimes, I think. Mm. Uh, so, so I work for the local authority, and that is a challenge. Um, it's in, in terms of living out my faith, I'm going to hold my hand straight up and say, <laughs> I have not been the best example of somebody to to live by faith in in an environment like that. Because there are good Christian friends around me who know that I have struggled to hold myself together under the conditions that we're in and have been there at times 
but also within that, uh, there are moments where I have uh, expressed or, or, or been able to show where um, where my deeper convictions lie and come from. Um, I could try and give you some examples. So you you know, because you're part of it as well, Rob, that um, I uh, run the the Christian Council Fellowship. It's the yep. it's uh, affiliated uh, informally with the council, but it's it's made up of professionals who are uh, professing believers who meet monthly um, for prayer support uh, and to uh, discuss uh, council related matters, but but to do it under the umbrella of of faith and seeking God's help mainly through prayer uh, and peer support with one another. And that's that's been a, a blessing, and um, I'm grateful for that. Uh, other things would be much more earthy, day-to-day things, like um, oh, I can remember getting into trouble with my senior once for reacting very badly to a situation, which you know I, I very quickly regretted and was ashamed of. But I did what was scriptural in terms of going to them and, and sincerely apologising and seeking their forgiveness and obeying God's word in that sense. And I, and I actually saw and experienced an element of surprise even from from my senior in, in return and, and how gracious they then became in part of that and how, and how it did help to kind of mend things and how I saw then evidence of, of God's word being trustworthy and, and being... Uh, something that works in relationships and in life, regardless of what setting you, that you're in. Excellent. Well, that's that's a good, a very good example. And I was going to almost finish off by asking you first, having travelled thus far, and there is, of course, more to come to each of our lives, mm. even beyond this interview. Having travelled thus far, what does Christ mean to you now? He's real. He is absolutely real. He's not just a fantasy or a notion or an idea. He's a person. And he's a person that I seek to connect with through prayer and through word and through fellowship with others. Um, and it works. And, and uh, you, we have to ask ourselves, I think, take a step back and go, why is Christianity endured so long? And, and how is it how and why has it thrived uh, in the face of such challenging and adverse conditions as it's been placed in in this desperately wicked world? Uh, and it's all uh, thanks be to God for his Holy Spirit who is with us, who is in us, um, who's been promised to remain with us. And, and that's that's been a great comfort more of late in my life that as bad as things get, God God promises to to leave His Holy Spirit until His work is done. Um, I'm paraphrasing from a hymn there that I sing sometimes. But. Yeah, I hardly even dare to ask you about the future. But if all things were equal, where would you like to see yourself in the future with regard to what you believe God has for you to do? Oh, so I, I hate questions like that. Oh, sorry, I hate too strong a word. I I loathe questions like oh, that right. because it's like, it's like where do you, where do you see yourself in five years' time? Where do you see yourself in ten years' time? Oh, I have no idea. Um, I think uh, I think it's uh, 
uh, I'm reminded of God's word that says, you know, um, uh, give no thought to tomorrow. Don't don't waste or expend energy, you know, worrying about tomorrow. It's got enough cares and evils of its own. Um, and I think I need that as a Christian. I need that in terms of my own life because I can very quickly get overwhelmed by things mm-hmm. if I start to project and... and uh, give too much forethought to things, um, and it's not a, it's not an ostrich-like response. I'm not sticking my head in my sand. I acknowledge that things are there, that there are, there are difficult and challenging times. But my focus is more on trying to stay as close to Christ as I possibly can. Excellent. I think that's a very good grounding scripture, and I know I asked that, but. I was interested, and I think that listeners would be interested too, because I think that's maybe a question they would have probably asked, but you have answered it really well. Thank you very much, Christian, and thank you for coming on today. Thank you, Rob. Thanks for having me. Joan 3.16 Déu ha estimat tant el món que ha donat el seu fill únic perquè no es perdi ningú dels que creuen en ell, sinó que tinguin vida eterna. This is Gospel for You, and our theme this evening is Built on Christ, What Are You Living For? We've been hearing your gospel in Catalan. We've also had a testimony in conversation with uh, Christian Campbell and your gospel in Dutch. Still to come in a few minutes' time, we will be hearing from Fergus Buchan speaking about the great comfort to the elderly and uh, then your gospel in Hebrew. Let's come around our main theme. Gospel for you, built on Christ, what are you living for? First Corinthians 3 verse 11. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. But let's go back even further than this to Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. But what does that mean for us? Many people, I believe, do realize that we are created in God's own image. And yet, we were each given a free will of what we would do with our lives. Some people have accepted Christ as Lord and Saviour. And they have followed through on 1 Corinthians 3.11, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. And this program is speaking to uh, both those who believe and those who do not believe. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. But let's think about some of the other scriptures here too. They do come into the equation. And they speak from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 11, about gifts. About, yes, these are spiritual gifts for those who are Christians. But as we are made in God's own image, God has placed into each one of us gifts, talents, abilities which we can use to build up everyone else. It's how we live and how we choose to live that can make a very great difference in our lives and to other people. Let's think about that in some more detail. 
First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4-11 to There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one of them, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between different Spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Now each of us even when we were born, we have gifts, talents and abilities. It could be a, a gift for cooking. It could be a gift for singing. It could be a gift for art. And many people have gone forward in their life. It could be a gift for engineering. Each person, just imagine if you bring all those gifts together and share them together in a way that benefits everyone. And true, there are many people who have actually done that. Think what can be done if we actually have God at the center of all of us our core scripture is built on christ what are you living for what am i living for well i'm living for christ and i'm letting christ in me use me to bring the gifts and talents and the spiritual gifts that he has for me to fruition we have more yet to say and to bring together into prayer for later but this will do for the moment. Let's go in now and listen in to Fergus Buchan as he speaks about the great encouragement to the elderly. His kingdom come. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Kingdom Come, our new series of teachings with me, Jess Priest, and Pastor Fergus Buchan from MMI London. Thank you all so much for tuning in and joining us tonight. So last week's episode was on the topic of the simplicity of the word. And it was one of my favourite ones so far. Although I'm biased, <laughs> and every time we record a new episode and Pastor Fergus teaches us new things, that one is always my new favourite. But tonight, Pastor Fergus is going to be speaking and teaching us about the great comfort to the elderly. So without further ado... Over to you, Pastor Fergus. Well, good evening, brothers and sisters in Christ. It's lovely to be with you once again this evening. I've got Jess Free City next to me, our anchor lady and our media girl. And Jess, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, tonight, I've got, I've got a, a really, not many people know about these two verses that are found in the book of Isaiah. And they are kind of relative, not to you, Jess but more my side of the table. It's about the elderly. And, and, and it's such a beautiful promise. I, I want to just um, share this with you. It's, yeah, you know, maybe even you kids can go and pray this over your mom and dad or your grandparents. Okay? But let's, let's open in a word of prayer, and then we're going to kick right in and get into this, this uh, wonderful promise from the Lord in the book of Isaiah. Lord Jesus, we thank you for tonight. We thank you, Father God, that we once again can expound the word of God. We can take your word, believe it, live it, and eat it. We thank you, Lord, for the comfort that it brings us. 
So, Father God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto thee. Amen. Amen. Amen, Amen, Jess. Right, so what am I going to talk about? Well, I'm going to talk about great comfort to the elderly. Now, now we all know you honor your mother and father and you look after them. We know that. But when you get elderly, well, you know, the old body isn't the same or maybe the old bank balance isn't the same and maybe your kids are away from you. And um, yes, we've we, we got the wonderful thing in, in the UK where we have carers. My daughters are doing that at the moment and, and my wife Joanne does it part-time. Caring for the elderly. But, you know, sometimes that's not available. Maybe maybe you're living in Africa. Maybe you're living in that uh, retirement village in a country called Zimbabwe, where I come from, in the very town that I was born in called Bulawayo. Mm. And people are battling. Mm. Yeah, they really are, Jess. It's very, very hard now. And Jess knows her mom and dad, or her mum, is, is, is from Zimbabwe like myself. So I've, I've got a promise here from the Lord, and it's just beautiful. I want to share it and then expand a wee bit, and then we're going to pray again. So go to the book of Isaiah. I've got your Bibles. I hope you have. Isaiah 46, verses 4 and 5. This is what it says. Even to your old age, I am he. And even to gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. Even I will carry and will deliver you. In verse 5, now the father is talking about himself. To whom will you liken me and make me equal? Well, nobody, obviously. And compare me that we should be alike. This, This verse is not often read, but the Lord... You know, we, we pray for children, Jess, and we pray for youngsters, and we pray for Jess is going to embark on a trip soon to South Africa, and, and we're going to pray for her for traveling mercies. And when I used to go into the bush in the missions when I was traveling, and hopefully next year I'll be traveling again. But, you know, and, and then we pray for the sick, and, and, and we pray for businesses, and we pray for... But sometimes we forget to pray for the old age. It's true. Yeah. The old people, they say it like it is. Elderly folk, grannies, grandpas, the infirm, the ones that are housebound, the ones that can't get out and about, the ones that I mentioned just now are battling to put food on their table. Okay, so who's going to help us? Oh, who? My, my children are living in Australia or New Zealand or, or they, they, they've, they've gone to Canada. And here I am stuck in South Africa or Zimbabwe or even London for that matter. But you see, there's somebody that's just reminding us, will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never let you go hungry. Why should he? If you're a born-again spiritual Christian, well, even to your old age, I am he, and even to gray hairs, I will carry you. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful word that um, in my other Bible, I'm reading from the New King James, brothers and sisters. And just my, my King James Bible, which I carry often, it's not with me tonight, but I've, I've got it next to my bed. 
where he says here, this is old English, this is why it's important, I think it's relative, actually not important, that we have the New King James, because he, the writer here infers to gray hairs. You only get gray hair if you're elderly, yeah. right? Okay. But in the King James, it's hoary hairs. Now, it's H-O-A-R-Y. Okay, not, not thinking of, of people of whatever. It's talking about gray hairs. And I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. Even I will carry and will deliver you. Now, I have made. In other words, he formed you in your mother's womb. He made you. He knows to the millisecond when you're going to be back with him. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean to say... Well, because I'm 85 years old. Oh, my goodness, I'm going to be... No, no. Um, we, we had a testimony on Sunday at, at church. And sadly, uh, uh, two men were traveling to work who were friends of our family up in uh, central England. And they had a car accident. And uh, one man was killed. The other guy is in ICU. They were just going to work. They, they, did he know that he said goodbye to his wife and got into his car that he was going to die then? No. So, so it's, it's, but this is for the old age. So I have made you and I will bear. He will carry us till the time comes for us to go home. For those that believe, of course. Even I will carry and will deliver you. So this is the Lord speaking now. How much more of a promise do you need? Do you need a bank manager? Do you, do you need people to learn money from? Do you actually need your family? Um, you do, yes. Of course we know we need families. But if the Lord says that, what have you got to worry about? Now, I, I happen to know this particular old age home because I've ministered there twice. And there's about 80 souls left there. And they're all well-aged. Well-aged. All their kids are overseas. Every single one of them. There's not one of them living in, in Zimbabwe. Because there's no work in Zimbabwe. We know that. And it's, it's, it's pretty desperate at the moment. They are battling to physically eat food. Now, I'm sure their kids send money back from wherever they live. But there are other men and women that I know personally that make sure they never go hungry. Mm. This ministry is part of that. Am I bragging? I'm not bragging. It's a fact. So, oh, well, what are you saying, Fergus? Well, what I'm saying is, it's not us. It's God using us to help them. You know what I mean? That's how it yeah. goes. You know, when you get a knock-knock on the door and you open the door and there's a bag of uh, groceries sitting there and you don't know how you're going to feed your kids that day. Somebody saw that, was prompted by the Lord Jesus, and they go and shop and buy. Okay? He uses people. Yes, you can supernaturally fill up your, your fridge and your bread baskets. Yeah, easily. So, what I'm saying to, to you out there, brothers and sisters, you in your old age, he will look after you. You that have served him. Yes, you, you might not be eating cordon bleu food. But I'll tell you what, there's nothing wrong with a nice bread and buttered sandwich and a cup of tea. Especially if you're hungry. <laughs> Just knows what I'm talking about. So, so be encouraged, brothers and sisters, that the Lord will never leave you. 
nor forsake you. And this happens to, to relate to the aged. But you know what? If you're a young student and you're studying, if, if you're a young girl like Jess is just stepping out into the media world and she's, she's qualified in university, she's got to make her way. You're not, God's not going to leave you, Jess. He's going to make a way for you. Call to him and I'll answer you. That's what the Bible says, doesn't it? Psalm 32 uh, verse 8. I love that. I will guide you with my eye and I'll show you which way you go. You need work. Even, even at old age, if you need, you can always do something. He will show you where you can work, where you can earn some pennies and you can buy some bread. And with that bread, you can bless your neighbor. But if you're at home and you can't work and you're in an old age home or you're in a, a care home, God will send his servants to you. And I really believe that. I, I with all my heart and all, I've seen it so often. Whether it's in African villages or in big cities, God always supplies. He always sends. So fear not. Fear not. Anything you've got to fear is fear itself. So yes, it's right. So brothers and sisters, be, be um, encouraged tonight. You elderly that hear me. God will carry you. God will take care of you. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this evening. We thank you, Lord, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. You'll take care of us in our old age. It even says with silver hair. You're the God of everything. You're the God of plentiful. We thank you, Lord, for those out there right now that are maybe battling, that they mustn't uh, despair or worry. Because you know their very names. You know the very hairs that are left on their heads. We thank you, Father, for, for provision. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Till next week, your brother in Christ. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Fergus, for teaching us and sharing that with us. And thank you to everyone that tuned in and joined us tonight. If any of you have any questions or prayer requests, please send them in to our email address, which is mmi.londonprayer at gmail.com and please please send them in Pastor Fergus would love to hear them and get back to you so I'll see you all next week and don't forget to tune in and join us every Wednesday at 8pm until then God bless this is gospel for you and if you've just joined us a very good evening to you our theme on this program is Built on Christ, What Are You Living For? Our core scripture is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. This is our core scripture, but there are other scriptures that we have already gone through. We have thought already how that each one of us are made in God's own image, male and female, he created them. But each one of us has a free will about how we live our lives. What are you, what am I living for? I'm living for Christ Jesus. And I hope and pray I shall always be able to live for Christ Jesus. Here's a sobering thought from Mark chapter 8 verses 36. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world? and forfeit his own soul.
This particular program is really speaking to both those who believe as Christians, but also those who do not yet believe. And for those who do not yet believe, and who think that salvation may be found elsewhere, Acts 4 verse 12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And Romans 8 verses 8 to 9, those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, speaking to believers, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. These are scriptures which I think will probably be pricking some people's hearts right now. Yep. And they will. Listeners, I am increasingly, and I preach increasingly, looking at life and reading the Bible in such a way that I let God's word prick my heart so that I can then become that person that Christ wants me to be. Why? Because I know that in Christ Jesus and through Christ I have an opportunity to get to know God in a true and wonderful way. A God who is able to maximize beyond my expectations all the things that he's given to me. He can maximize that. When we live for ourselves, we get a certain distance. But I would say, and I can definitely say, I cannot do without God. Earlier on today, and in this program, I was speaking to Christian Campbell. And he was relating how, yes, he had had a, a, an upbringing. He has a Christian dad, and he had an understanding of the Bible. But it wasn't enough to bring him to a point of a full understanding and a full acceptance of Christ Jesus as Lord and Saviour. It took a few things to bring that about in his life. Yes, it did happen. And as we also discussed, it is very much a journey for each one of us. But the Christian God, the God whom I serve, is a God who a God who wants very much to know each one of us. A God who very much wants to maximize all the good things within each one of us. We were born with gifts, talents, abilities. We were born with a character. We were born with a soul and a spirit. And I know that from my own experience of God, He wants that soul and that spirit to work together. And to really shine out. God wants the best for each one of us. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper and not to harm, plans to give you hope and a future. This is one of the promises of God. And it is 
although it was in the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament, it is very much a maxim by which I live. That particular scripture has helped me through times of unemployment, times of disappointment, times of frustration. But God's got me through that. And he's helped me to see a better and a wider picture. He's helped me to come to this point whereby I can actually relate this to you, the listener. And it is my prayer that what we say now will have great, wonderful and lasting impact, bringing many people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, bringing many people even more, as well as that, to a wonderful relationship with God, made possible through Christ Jesus, a God who enables each one of us to live, to live to the full. John 10 verse 10, a core scripture for Gospel for Grampian, which says, The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I've come that they may have life to their full. Whatever the world throws at you is not the final word. Whatever the world throws at you, Christ has come that each one of us can live life to the full. But we need to be trusting in God first and foremost. And there is only one way in which we can do that. And that is through and by believing in Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. John 14, verse 6. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other name by which we can be saved. Salvation is found in no one else. And through Christ Jesus, when we realize the heritage that we have and we can come to God and we then start living for God, then all things are possible. And we can have that rich relationship with God made possible through Christ Jesus. Our lives become whole. Our lives become enriched. Who are we living for? Who are you living for? Who am I living for? What are we living for? And that's why we're speaking a lot about Christ, built on Christ, what are you living for? Well, this particular section of the program is about prayer, and uh, we've expanded as much as we can and thought as much as we can about this. But now is the time to bring things together into prayer, that there would be further clarity. Let's go and pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus Christ, I bring to before you this hope, this great hope of salvation found in your Son, Jesus Christ. And it is my prayer that even as people have listened to this program tonight, 
and we've spoken about you and have spoken about your son Jesus that each person will not only be convicted uplifted inspired given hope challenged even Lord God help each one of us so that the scriptures that we've read out today and the things heard today on the program whether from Christian from myself from the Your Gospels from Fergus Buchan and Jessica Priest all of these things might come together and bring about a much greater understanding clarity of the scriptures clarity of this subject built on Christ what are you living for Amen Now listeners we often give an opportunity for you to accept Christ as Lord and Saviour for yourselves and there's a very simple way to do this so we invite you to join with us let's bow our heads Lord Jesus Christ Father God firstly Lord thank you for sending your son Jesus Christ to die on the cross in my place Lord God I've heard the program today and I choose to accept you as Lord and Saviour over my life Lord I'm very sorry for everything that I have done thought or said which is wrong and for those things that I have not done please forgive me I now turn from them and ask you to help me to do that please now come into my life by your spirit to be my Lord Saviour forever and help me to be the man or woman of God you want me to be and to go out and to reach others to bring them to a hope of salvation Amen if you've said that prayer we welcome you to God's kingdom and we hope that you will start picking up your Bible start reading it read the Gospels read also the Old Testament the New Testament do please tell us if you have accepted Christ as Lord and Saviour please send an email through to info at g4g.org.uk we'll be finishing with your gospel in Hebrew God willing I'll be back again next week at the same time I bid you good night have a good week and you can listen to this program again on Gospel for Grampian Fridays 7pm UK time that's 8pm CET and as a podcast from podcast.g4g.org.uk Good night and God bless. Ki ko ahav Elohim et haolam ad ki natan et bno yechido leman lo yovad kol hamaamin bo ela inchal chayei olam.